do design decisions involve value judgments? Andy Halliwell has gone and posted this question on LinkedIn as part of our redesigning D&T project and debates. I think this is a really tricky one to answer and our expert group felt that it was an important question that needed debating. Do design decisions involve value judgments? I think firstly, I'd be saying, what do you mean by a value judgment, a values judgment? And maybe in your response to Andy's question, you'll explore what you understand and what your views are of what value judgments are and then whether they actually impinge on or affect the design decisions that designers make and also that children make in D&T lessons. So do join the debate. We're always open to conversation and discussion on this. But for now, on to the next episode. This is the Talking D&T podcast, episode 16. Welcome to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas and opinions about D&T. If you follow me on Twitter or you receive my monthly update about what I'm doing with my design and technology projects, you'll know that I've recently had some funding to continue with my PhD research. So this is now I've finished my PhD a couple of years ago. I've got some funding to do the next stage of exploring different people's ideas and values about design and technology. But in this episode, I want to step back and explain the context for my research I've recently given a couple of lectures um, to different audiences about the value of design and technology and more generally about the value of different school subjects. And in both of those, I've explained where I started from with this research. And I thought as I'm going to be talking over the next couple of months about the research that I'm currently doing, it'd be useful to set that initial context. So back when I started working at Nottingham Trent in 2010, I used to do a session with the students exploring what they thought about design and technology and why they thought it was a useful subject. Now, that session came about for a number of different reasons, partly because it helped the students think about why they were there and why they were teaching that subject and not another subject. But also there was political reasons at that time in England where the national curriculum was under review and people were putting into question whether design and technology should be part of the core curriculum. So my thinking was if the students could start to articulate it and explore their different ideas, then that would help them within their teaching, but also as they became part of a wider community in schools and within the subject community, to be able to hold their position and counter some of those challenging arguments we were facing around the redesign of the national curriculum. So the sessions would go something like this. I'd stand there, I'd do a PowerPoint, um, I'd talk about some of the reasons for design and technology. I'd ground some of it in the reading. I was done. I would reference um, a paper by Stephanie Atkinson and also um, a text by David Barlex, both of whom had written about some of the reasons why design and technology should be on the national curriculum in different contexts and in different time periods. And then I'd ask the students to go away and write a 500 word or so reflection on what they thought about the value of design and technology. And they'd come back about two weeks later and we'd have had a look at them and given some written feedback. And we'd come back to the session and I'd be left thinking, 
well, none of them are really saying what I talked about in that first session. And partly that was a shock to me, but also it was around thinking, so where have their ideas come from? And what do they think is the point of design and technology? And obviously we were having um, sort of political arguments happening around the Department for Education and the Design and Technology Association had several big campaigns about we believe in design and technology. That was that was one of them. And different reasons were advocated for the value and the purpose of the subject. And some of the reasons given resonated with me and some of them sat um, askance with me, I suppose, not quite uncomfortable, but they weren't the values that I sort of suppose I held as the most important. And then what the students were writing was, again, slightly similar to what I was saying, slightly similar to what Stephanie and David had written about, but also Design and Technology Association and so on. So there was all these different reasons being given about the value of design and technology. So that really set the context for my study, as in trying to identify what are the different ways that people give about the purpose of design and technology And then starting to think about, firstly, why do they have those different views? Where do they come from? What's shaped them? What's influenced them? And then the next logical stage for me was thinking about, so how does that affect how they behave and their attitudes and their motivations towards design and technology? So that started my PhD study back in 2011 and became the personal context and then the political context for my study. And over the study, I interviewed, I think I did 22 um, different interviews with people, a whole range of people, um, design and technology academics, people involved in research and teacher education. I interviewed some deputy heads, some senior leaders, some design and technology teachers who came from a variety of backgrounds and different ages. I also interviewed um, 14, 13, 14 year old pupils who'd just made their choices about what they were going to study post-14 as a qualification in England, that's the GCSE. And I also had the opportunity to interview some student teachers. And amongst that mix, um, I interviewed a science teacher. I would have liked to have interviewed more. I would have liked to have interviewed a, a wider range. But at that point, that was who stepped forward when I asked if they would like to be take part in the research. And what came out of that research um, through a whole series of uh, analysis, coding, organising, looking at it by themes and grouping it. I've, I've written about it in a number of different places and I'll put some links in the show notes to where you can read some of the stuff that I've written about this. But I, I interviewed all these people, I, I analysed and I came up with, I think it was round about 29, 30 different reasons that people were given were giving about the purpose of design and technology. And out of all of those reasons and those 22 interviews, nobody agreed on a single value. So there was not one of those 30-odd reasons given that was mentioned in every single interview. So that sort of reflected what I'd found right back at the start when I was talking to the student teachers, that there was all these differences. And I think... This is my position at the moment and based on other people's research is that idea about value difference and value consensus does lead to people approaching the subject in different ways. 
Now, I'm not saying that any of those ways are more valid than anybody else's, but what it does mean is that different people in a department, for example, of design and technology teachers might think about the subject differently. Senior leaders, those involved in curriculum design, might view the subject quite differently, and there's all sorts of reasons why, and I'll explore that in a future podcast. But now I've started to work with um, those those values, and I've got some funding, and I've interviewed some more people about the original list and asking is anything missing to try and get a more comprehensive uh, list of values of design and technology. I'm never going to complain that is the list that there isn't other reasons that I haven't identified from interviews and talking with people. But I do find it fascinating what people say and then starting to consider, well, maybe that's why design and technology is under these challenges and why when we read certain things we don't take them on board because where we are stood and the way we value design and technology is not always agreed on by everybody else that we're stood around talking to working with reading about or who is trying to influence what we do in the classroom so I'm going to leave that one with you that's the start of my uh, research I'm going to talk you know over the next couple of months about some of the original findings um, what I think that might mean for designer technology teachers for pupils they teach for policy writers for people involved in the subject but I think just stopping and thinking what do I think is the value of design and technology and if you're a D&T teacher I really would encourage you to Stop, maybe make a few notes about it, talk to your colleagues about it and talk to the pupils in your lessons about it. Asking them, what do they think? Why do they think this subject is important? And there is research that says that if we ask children to think about why they think a subject or a topic or a project or an activity is important for themselves, that gives them more motivation to engage. So if you're a design and technology teacher, you might find that useful. So first of all, think about yourself and what you value. Talk to your peers, but also to ask the children about what they see as the value of design and technology. We could go further with that and ask other people. And that's some of the research that I've been doing that I'll be sharing over the next few months or so as we start to consolidate what we've been finding. So I hope you find that interesting or useful. I find it personally absolutely fascinating about why people see design and technology differently. And that's given me a richer understanding about different perspectives about what design and technology contributes to children, to society, uh, to the wider community. And uh, so I'll leave that one with you. And as usual, thanks for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Alison or via my website, alisonhardy.work, where you can also sign up to receive a copy of my monthly updates on what I'm doing with my design and technology projects. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Talking DT podcast with me, Alison Hardy. You can connect with me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Alison. Show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website, alisonhardy.work. Thanks for listening.